It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, brought to you by Fetch Me Home Delivery. You just turn the lights on. Uh, I like them on. I like them all on. All the way on? Yeah. Cool. I like to be able to see. See, I'm a dark guy, but I did. I, that's what I, I thought it was too dark for you. And so that's, is this good enough? Yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah, you guys don't do the show with like the pitch black. Just, yeah, pretty much. And then Bill, by the time they get in here, they, it's, it's really four dark. o'clock. So yeah. it's dark out now and uh, <laughs> right. it's really annoying, but. They're just like, we'll just do it in the dark. It's okay. Of course, that uh, of course, of course, that voice is uh, Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Before we uh, get into full-on introductions, want to give a quick shout out to today's show sponsor, Fetch Me. And uh, of course, you can use promo code Fetch Me twenty to get your first delivery free. That's at FetchMeHomeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me Delivery app. And now on Fridays and Saturdays, they're open till two o'clock. So if you get home uh, from a football game late or get home from, you know, a, a football viewing party or I don't know what you do on Friday and Saturday nights. Heck, maybe you just stayed up, stayed up late watching a movie at home and you're just like, I don't want to leave to go get food. Now Fetch Me is there. So It's crazy how convenient it is. It's true. There's so many different alternatives. For like, yes. I just prefer to make this easy. Absolutely. So promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. That way you get your first delivery free and they know that we are the folks sending you there. So... Uh, that would mean a ton. Painter, how are things, boss? All good. Busy week. Enjoyed this week. It's such a paradox. You've got one team basketball that can do no wrong, right. seemingly in the eyes of the Auburn faithful, and then another football team that can't do enough. Yeah, you know, may end up being ten and three on the year. May end up being eight and four on the year. Like yeah. either way, very very realistic. They could do either. Painter, the show's gotten a lot of calls, and we've just kind of been discussing. You know, is it Malzahn? Is it the scheme? Is it both? Is it execution? So that's, I haven't listened to today's voicemails. I'm guessing that's what some of them are going to be on. Just giving you a little background that's been happening over the past few days. You can call the Locked on Auburn podcast voicemail at 205-502-4285. And you can also email the show at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. All right, let's start with the classic. Let's start with a solid one-second voicemail. Hey, guys. Perfect. Sets the tone. Here we go. <laughs> hey, guys. Brandon from Tennessee here. Hey, Brandon. Eagle, big fan of the show. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, question about Gus. I know that's a popular subject these days, but uh, with Who? all the talk about how Gus could benefit from a really top-level offensive mind coordinator, especially with the passing game coming in, and the, the general sentiment that there's no way he'll ever do that because he's the offensive guy, do you not think that he could look at Ed Orgeron down at LSU and see a lot of himself in that situation? Ed Orgeron's the same way. I mean, a guy who didn't was very much in control of the team, let go of the reins a couple of years ago, and look how completely different they are. I mean, do you think Gus is introspective enough to take a look at that situation and go, that could be me? Because – me as an Auburn fan, I'm fine with Gus being the CEO of this team. Right, he's great. He's he's obviously he doesn't have problems with his team. They're not getting in trouble. He hires and keeps great staff. Yeah, recruits very very well. I mean, as a CEO, and the kids seem to love him. 
he's fantastic. So just wondering if you think Ed Orgeron's situation could at all influence Gus. Thanks, guys. Bye. I think if Gus makes that decision, it will not be his decision. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk on the higher-ups at Auburn, and, you know, I, I don't have any of this confirmed or anything, but just pure speculation, if Malzahn takes a step back and gives autonomy to the offense, it will be against what he does, and I think a little bit of who he is as a person. I mean, he sees himself as his offensive genius, and, I mean, imagine dedicating your life to a craft, and you you... you you were uh, at some point seen at the highest level of doing that, which is, you know, him running offenses for football teams. And then all of a sudden it's, I mean, he's got to be embarrassed at some point. And so for him to take a step back right now, I, I think he would see that as a failure and I don't expect him to do that. Pride is a big part of, I think a lot of these coaches. Yeah. And I think, when you see the dollar amount attached next to their names, it's easy as an ordinary person like you and me or you know any of our callers to kind of get distracted by that. And let's not act like those guys don't want that money. We'd all love to have that kind of money. But it is not the driving factor for why the guys started. And I think that is especially true of Gus Malzahn, who started his career in high school as a PE teacher and a coach. Sure. He had no idea at one point 20 years ago when he was in Arkansas coaching state titles that he'd be worth 50-something million dollars. His ascension is kind of crazy. Right. And so I think money has been a great side effect of him being a good football coach. Now we're, we're getting to the point where it's like the results have to be different. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means a coaching change. Gus stepping back again. Remember, we've already done this where Gus had his hand forced and they were essentially like, you know, you're going to need to take a step back, be more CEO, less play calling responsibilities. And it didn't, I mean, it worked out well in 17, but it was clear in 2018 there was a power dynamic and not a true identity offensively. I think you're right, Zach. I don't think he wants to take a step back from that role. I don't think he's likely to get be given that option because as he took on the play calling duties again this past season. He yeah. al- he also now it's all on him. Like the defense is crushing it. The defense is doing well. They're keeping you in every game. Yeah. And so all the pressure when you take the play calling duties back is saying we're going to succeed my way. And if we can't succeed my way, well, the alternative might be he's not at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year where you're starting to hear and see all of those rumors go around. And, you know, my mom's getting texts from people saying like, all right, you know, hearing Malzahn's gone. And she's like, hey, are you hearing this? And I'm like, no, because no one knows. No one knows. I'm like, where did that come from? And, you know, they list some site I've never heard of or some source. And I'm just like, okay, stop it. I, I just... I hate that part of it because I mean we are talking about a dude's employment and like you know <laughs> his well-being, his family is impacted by this. And yes, they've made such a crazy amount of money that even if there were no buyout in play, like he'd be fine here forth, henceforth, whatever. Sure, yeah, but not the point. Like, would you want to be publicly fired and basically shamed? No, he he is fighting a public battle, and he's fighting it on behalf of all these people that say that they're Auburn fans. And so it, it's it's a weird dynamic, and so I, I'm not. I'm really not going to speculate in that a whole lot. All right, let's. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. 
See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Take another, uh, let's take another voicemail. Hey, guys, at Locked On Auburn. I'm sorry that you couldn't hear my call yesterday. This one sounds much better. Um, but I think this time you'll be able to hear it a lot better. Yes. My name is Austin Matthews. Hey, I'm Austin. from Tennessee, and I'm 11 years old. But what I think Auburn's going to dominate against Alabama is because, well, obviously because of two Tagovailoa's out. That's the obvious one. But the different one is that many people probably won't know is last time Auburn beat Alabama, or one of the times that I remember at least, <laughs> they were missing all their linebackers. Um, Alabama was missing all their linebackers. Well, because then they won that game, and that's why I think Auburn's going to dominate against Alabama. Well, hope you answer my call. War Eagle. Hey! Awesome stuff. Thank you, Austin. That's pretty cool. Great call. Good point. 2017, Alabama's defense, unfortunately, they've now had just a string of years where some of their most experienced and, of course, talented players have succumbed to unfortunate and sometimes season-long ending injuries. Yeah. That's, again, the case. This Alabama team loaded with talent, guys who will play in the NFL, guys who were recruited by everyone in college. But, yeah, statistically, they just have not been able to put it together the way Nick Saban's teams in the past have. Another factor in that loss, though, wasn't just that the defense for Alabama wasn't quite what we've seen under Saban in 17. I think this year it's even a step back from what we saw in 17. Sure. Jalen Hurts was at a point in his career where he was pretty one-dimensional. He was great at not turning the ball over. I think he'd gone into that, that Iron Bowl game with one turnover, and he fumbled the ball in that 2017 Iron Bowl but he wasn't moving the ball downfield through the air. He was so concerned, and you saw that in this game. If there, someone was not wide open, if he could not find Calvin Ridley wide open, he would just throw the ball away. And eventually yeah. it got to the point, and that you know I think was part of the reason they pulled him in the, the Georgia game in the national championship, because they really couldn't get past midfield. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case with Mac Jones this year. I think they are still going... As funny as it sounds, watching Jalen Hurts tear it up at Oklahoma, I still think Mac Jones is going to be able to move the ball some against this Auburn defense. Well, I mean, he's got three guys that are in the same ballpark in talent as Calvin Ridley, which, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what does Auburn do? I can't wait to see how Auburn defends this. I can't wait to see if they put Noah on an island, if they put Javaris on an island. I hope they don't play zone because they're not good at zone. I think they're going to have to play man and bump and run with these guys. I can't wait to see it. Which they like to do anyway. They're, there's the way Steele plays. The, yeah. like that's good. That's something that they're familiar with. And one-on-one matchups, I mean, all those guys want to be NFL players and all those guys they'll be going up against for Alabama will be NFL yeah. players. So this would be some incredible film, a real opportunity for them. All right, let's take a look at another voicemail. Guys, I love the podcast. We love you. <laughs> I really want to be clear in what I'm saying. Gus Malzahn is a very good coach. He is a very good person by all accounts. I think what he has done for Auburn in his seven years is great. But what is the ultimate goal? 
I have called in on numerous occasions that said the same thing. What is the goal? If you guys could poll the fan base, do whatever you got to do, what is the goal? Is it to be elite? Is the ultimate goal to take the step from being a good program, a really good program, which Auburn is, to great? Or if the fan base as a whole is satisfied with really good every year to great every six years, then keep mouth on. If your goal is to be great every year, that doesn't mean national titles. That doesn't mean college football playoff every year. But that does mean getting into November and playing without a loss because one loss, you might still get to be able to be in the playoff. That's great. That's what great is. That's what Georgia is. That's what Alabama is. That's what Clemson is. That's what LSU seems to be moving forward. What's your goal? My goal as a fan is to be great more often than good. Thanks, guys. Thank you, boss. So, kind of a lot to look at there. But, I mean, the the big thing, and I think the biggest debate is, and he's right, I mean, we kind of know what we have with Gus Malzahn when you look at what he's done at Auburn. And, you know, every now and then you got a shot at it. I think that's kind of... What he was saying, and I agree, every few years you've got a shot with Gus Malzahn. Now, do you want to risk the several years of being above average for a chance of getting a guy that has a very, very small chance of having success like the guys at Alabama and the guys at Clemson, the guys at LSU, Ohio State, the, you know, the schools that you just mentioned? Like, is it worth it? And like, Because you're probably not going to get one of those guys. It's more likely you take a step back from where Gus is at seven, eight, nine wins a year. Right, so the question is, like, is it worth it? And, like, I don't know. I don't know under the current landscape, of unless there's some coaches that school leaders, boosters, administrators are aware of, that there's some hire that they're deadly confident in. I don't know what that is. Certainly haven't heard any indication of it. Yeah. With the $27 million buyout, I think you wait a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, again, a chance he could finish 10-3. and three. But to, to the point that he's making, which is one that a lot of fans are making – beating bad teams soundly and losing most of the time, more often than not statistically losing those rivalry games, which also for Auburn, those rivalry games happen to be against the best three or four teams. Yeah, Like when they play Florida, then it's like that's a, that's a rivalry game that doesn't get played as much anymore, but people still care about it. 100%. And so, when you know, when you're when you're winning about twenty five to thirty percent of the time instead of closer to fifty, like because I think the best you could really hope for if you're Auburn shoes is to be hovering around five hundred against your biggest rivals, especially yeah. when your rivals are all top ten. Like if you're if you're pretty much coin flipping with your biggest rivals, that's gonna I think help. And then the other part of that I would say is avoid some of the low lows, like the Mississippi State and Tennessee loss. In 18, inexcusable. Mm-hmm. The uh, 2016 loss at Georgia and Kirby Smart's first year, mm-hmm. even though Auburn had a banged-up quarterback, figure it out. Like, yeah. win that game. Uh, you know, 15 was sort of a debacle. 2014, the A&M game where they just they, they let A&M jump out on a huge lead and they come back. It's like, find ways to avoid those super low lows because I don't think you can expect him to do what Nick Saban is doing, which is – just sort of defaulting that he'll be the SEC West champion. Right. But if he can get there every three or four years, which is essentially what he's doing, 
and avoid one of or two of those really nasty losses that are kind of inexplicable, he'd be doing a lot better. And his record would be sitting closer to 10 wins every like last year. They beat Tennessee and Mississippi State, two teams they should have beat. They're they're back at 10 wins again. Yeah. You want to do that read for me? Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com locked. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's do our final voicemail of the day. Hey, Zach. Guys, this is uh, Tanner from North Alabama. Hey, Tanner. War Eagle. Uh, listener of the show every week, especially when I run in the morning. Uh, I just talk to my earbuds and just listen to you guys, so I appreciate what you guys are doing. Love your take on what's going on on the plane. Thanks, man. Hey, uh, got a question. If, let's just say, uh, the Iron Bowl, I think, first off, I think the Iron Bowl is a win-win situation for us. That being said, we win, we win. Alabama fans are going to say, that they didn't have Tua, and I just want to tell them to shut up because uh, they're usually a top two recruiting class every year. So if you can't have the mentality of next man up, then don't play football. Uh, I like that. Second part is if we do lose that game, I do not see how we keep Gus. I, it does not make sense of how we keep Gus to me. So my question is, is do we look at pulling a guy from a big program now, or do we look at a coordinator uh, somewhere? Um, if we was to pull a guy from a big program, my my first thought, and a lot of people say P.J. Fleck, and I agree, I think he's an outstanding head coach. My first pull would want to be that rule from Baylor. Uh, I Ooh. think that guy, that guy is just killing it first off at, at Baylor. He was outstanding at Temple. Uh, a, I mean, that defense that he's got is phenomenal. I think if you come and you put him with a, a great offensive coordinator, maybe a Rhett Lashley, if he could pull him from SMU, you put Rhett back there with, with Bo, I think you would have an outstanding uh, coaching staff still. Maybe you could keep some of the guys that we have uh, there already. Travis Williams, uh, just with his recruiting abilities also. Um, but I, I would love to have that rule. Or if you wanted to go the coordinator route, Maybe you would look at a Rhett Lashley, bring him back to the Plains, or a name that I think should get thrown around, and maybe he would need to spend a year at a, at a smaller school first 
But Brett Deerman, I think Brett Deerman will be another guy in the future, and I could be wrong, who's going to be an outstanding coach somewhere, maybe a Lincoln Riley type uh, in the future. I know that's saying big things for him. But, uh, yeah, that's just my question. Uh, what do you guys think we should pull that head coach from another program, try to get that guy in, or look at a coordinator? Uh, love the show. Love what you guys are doing. War Eagle, regardless of the outcome. See you guys. Bye. Thank you, Tanner. First off, you have now entered the running for the longest voicemail of the season. <laughs> so you uh, you may hear Tanner's name again in the uh, the locked on uh, locked on Auburn uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> awards <laughs> at the uh, at the end of the year. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's impossible to know who Auburn's going to look for after Gus Malzahn. There's definitely some exciting names, and um, I mean. I don't know. I, I think they would have to get a, uh, a guy that's already been a head coach somewhere. I don't think Auburn's a job where you can just get an offensive coordinator. Um, Painter, do you, I mean, I, I know you kind of keep a finger on, your, on, on the pulse of the coaching carousel a little bit more than me. You joined me on Tuesday on the lunch break, and this was one of the things I said, and I still I want to stick with this. I am, over the next few weeks, less interested in the is Gus Malzahn going to be back conversation because I think he will but that aside we'll talk about that other places we'll talk about that national outlets we'll talk about that yeah what I want to know what is it going to take Auburn fans give me four or five bullet points do you need an SEC title every other season do you need to beat Alabama Georgia and LSU at an above 500 clip does the recruiting need to get better lay out to me how you can, and I think you can do this at Paint Sharpless, at Z Blackerby, at Locked on Auburn. Call and leave a voicemail. Have three to five defined points and talk about what it is the next coach has to do to give you the sense that he'll be here for five to ten years. Because one of the things we're definitely seeing at the programs that are having the most success, and this isn't necessarily a defense for Gus so much as it is a point about consistency, Alabama's had Nick Saban, a great coach, understandably. He had a lot sure. of success early for more than a decade now. Dabo Sweeney coming on a decade now. Lincoln Riley, been with Bob Stoops, mm-hmm. now been there for a few seasons. Consistency matters. So who's the coach? What is the threshold that he needs to meet? And who's the guy that you are so confident based on his body of work at this point going into or finishing this regular season that if you make a move, you feel confident he is going to position the program to accomplish those goals. I would rather, I would rather have the conversation of what does Malzahn need to do to stay. And obviously, you got to beat Alabama. And you know, if they're able to to get to a nice bowl and possibly you know get another another big win there, or even you know just kind of go to a nice bowl and you know put yourself on a national stage for a second. But I think it makes more sense to just be like Gus. You got to hire an offensive coordinator, and you got to let him do his thing. Like you, you you've got to figure out how to do that. And you give him autonomy, and let's see what that looks like. Like, I think that's worth trying for a year, especially since there's not an obvious guy, despite Tanner listing out some uh, some solid options. I, I don't know how real the options there are, because mm-hmm. we don't know if Alan Green cares if he has an Auburn tie or not, right? Because that's right. been the kind of the Jay Jacobs thing was, all right, did he ever spend any time at Auburn? Because that kind of you know, seemed like you had to, right? He never really hired a guy that was like fully outside of it. So... We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what that process is going to look like under Alan Green. Are and, you at all concerned about that they tried this and it seemed to not really work for Malzahn? Like that he, in the past, when he was 
taking on the CEO CEO role. And, and but I, not... I still think it was his offense. Somebody else was just calling plays for it. Mm-hmm. I want somebody else. If somebody wants to, you know, run a specific type of offense, mm-hmm. if they're more of an air raid or a run and shoot, or you know, I don't care what it is. Um, but just something different, not Malzahn's offense. Let him, you know, install formations. Let him install plays. Let him call everything. I think that would make more sense, you know, three, four, or five years from now, than just saying, okay, let's let's fire Malzahn. Because when you look at it, when you want to list all of the things wrong, it, take out wins and losses and all that. But just when you look at what he's putting on the field in an individual game, the defense is solid. The coaching is solid. Everything is great, I think, except for consistent offensive execution. It's like Malzahn is a, a pretty good hirer. I mean, most of the hires he's made, I think, have been home runs, especially at the position coach level. Obviously, Kevin Steele has been incredible. So I think if he goes into an offensive coordinator hire saying, like, okay, you know, my bosses are telling me I have to give you autonomy, I think he's going to make a good hire. Now, that may be a line in the sand between him and you know whoever would tell him to do that. And so that's that's what's going to be interesting to see. But like Tanner said, I think it was Tanner, like he, he's got to beat Alabama. If he loses to Alabama with a backup quarterback, I think it's going to be tough. And then the flip side of that is, okay, he gets through this year. Say the best case scenario works out, because I do think that they beat Alabama. Say that they show up. I don't know what happens in the bowl game. Sort of feels like a coin toss as to whether or not the team will show up. Because they've won some bowl games and they've lost some. Like last sure. year, they looked incredible, but they were much better than that Purdue team. So I don't know how much. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, nonetheless, next year, assuming he's back, it does feel a lot like getting to Atlanta is about the only way to keep his job. Is that an unfair, too far, too much of a reach at this point in the year with so many factors? We don't know that if he comes back, he'll be on the hottest of seats. He's been on hot seats in the past as an Auburn coach. But it starts to feel like win your division or we'll find a better alternative. Yeah, and it depends. I mean, Auburn's schedule is easier next year. You have to go to Georgia and Alabama. But, I mean, as a whole, I do think it's easier. Your non-conference will be easier. And then, yeah, you'll get LSU and, and some other teams and So if home. you don't slip up and win all the games you're supposed to, I mean, you're looking at nine wins again. And I think Auburn's going to win nine games this year. so And possibly ten, depending on the bowl game matchup. And he's like, I don't think you can fire a dude who does that at Auburn. Maybe I'm wrong, and we'll see. And, you know, if that's the way you want to send that tone, uh, you know, the, the, the country is going to take notice of that. The college football world is going to take notice of that. But, and it may work. But if you hire a guy, then you win six games for the next three or four years. Imagine what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, nine wins, like you said, seems pretty. And historically, nine wins is doing pretty great for Auburn. It's certainly the average, if not a little bit better than. Yeah. But Alcorn State kind of tightened things up in the first week. Then you got North Carolina and Atlanta. Ooh. I mean, I'll be curious to see how far Mac Brown has that team coming along by right. then. But I would think, based on the recruiting Auburn's done, they'd have the better team in that matchup. Uh, they should. I bet. Like I bet they'll be favored when that game comes around. The Gene Chizik Bowl, <laughs> and then they'll go to Ole Miss. They'll have Southern Miss. So I think it's very possible they're four and zero. Yeah. Kentucky, and then it could be five and zero. Yeah. And then in the for the first time in a long time, you go to Georgia, but it's in the middle of the season. Right. So I, I really think they could lose one of those first five games. Sure, but like it does seem like they could be five and zero heading into Athens, and then. You've got Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, and Alabama rounding out the season. So the back half of the schedule gets pretty tough. Yeah, but I, I still think nine wins, possibly ten, is extremely reasonable for the team next year. So 
You know, do, do you approach that as, okay, let's get Malzahn one more chance to do this thing? Or do you say, all right, well, this is a good opportunity for a new guy to come in and get some wins? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. What are your thoughts? Give us a call. Or you can give a, you can put up a checklist, like Painter said. I think that's a good idea. So like what the new guy would have to be. 205-502-4285. Painter, where can people find you and hear you? Please listen to The Lunch Break. It's every weekday from 11 to 1 Central on ESPN 106.7. But if you're not in the area, ESPNAU.com. Right there on the homepage, listen live. And the ESPN 106.7 app on your phone allows you to stay connected to ESPN 106.7 all throughout the day. And I'm on Paint Sharpless, at Paint Sharpless on Twitter. Thank you so much, sir. I am Z Blackerby on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at, or follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. And once again, leave us a voicemail or email us at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 